0: This has been a presentation of Odyssey Sports. For even more coverage of your team, download the free Odyssey app and listen to your favorite stations, shows, and podcasts. Welcome in to Vern's post game show. Massey not stopping in second and slides into third with a two run triple. Here's Josh Vernier. All right, good afternoon. Welcome in. 6 5, the final score. And ladies and gentlemen, your Kansas City Royals just swept the defending World Series champions in their house in a series they desperately needed to win at least one game. You went in there and you took all three. Unbelievable. Phone lines are open for you. We can talk about it. I'm happy to talk about it. Uh, very happy to talk about it boy oh boy Uh, I, I did not expect here as we get set for the final six games of the season the final two series of the season did not expect to be sitting here having these type of discussions for most of May and June For all of July and most of August, the assumption was this final week of the season is going to be a death march towards history. It was going to be this 2023 ball club making their way inside the franchise's record book, but making their mark in futility. Now this team might a never be remembered or b, be pointed to as that club where it all started man i'm having a difficult time with this one today ladies and gentlemen i, I might need i i might need your help because uh, i find myself torn right now there's the fan inside of me that that wants to make all the correlations in the world between what the boys have done of late, winning six of 10 and 10 of the last 11. Uh, six straight, six straight wins, 10 of their last 11. Uh, there's a part of me that wants to celebrate that and liken it to the 2012 team and how that was the, uh, you know, August of 2012, how that, that was the impetus for the Royals organization to go out and acquire the type of pitching that those young hitters needed. Man, I would love to say that this stretch, again, in which they've won six straight, 10 of 11, four straight series in a row. I'd love to celebrate and party and, and, and just revel in what has been a miserable season because I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm... This six-game winning streak is so different from the seven-game winning streak we saw uh, back in July. It feels different. The the seven-game winning streak, to be quite honest with you, made me angry. For as bad as April and May and June were, for them to tease us like that going into the final two months of the season, going into that uh, red-hot run from Bobby Witt Jr., it actually just made me mad. But this right here, this has me conflicted between the, the fan inside of me and then the media member, the, the individual that's supposed to be an unpartial observer, the baseball analyst, the post-game show host. That side of me has a much different attitude towards this six-game winning streak. Uh, my attitude towards all of these september games have been viewed through the lens of 2024 because even with this six game winning streak the boys are still 48 games below 500 still one of the five worst teams in franchise re- uh, franchise history so we're going to uh, we can celebrate if you, want, if you want to tap into the fan aspect of of, of me and, and the fan aspect of this show. I'm more than happy to do that. But if you want to get my um, media opinions, if you want the thoughts of the Unpartial Observer. Well, as far as today's 6-5 win, the only thing that really mattered to me was Nelson Velasquez, Alec Marsh, and James MacArthur is at least going to make us talk about him again. Now, Nelson Velasquez is the big takeaway. He hits a pair of home runs, draws a walk. He has 14 home runs since he's joined the Royals, ladies and gentlemen. That's tied with Aaron Judge for the lead in the American League since he came to Kansas City. Aaron Judge and Nelson Velasquez. Aaron Judge and a guy you acquired for Jose Quas who's still a few months away from turning 25. A guy that you control his prime. Nelson Velasquez is the big takeaway from this one. Now, we're impressed with Alec Marsh. We continue to be intrigued by James MacArthur, but the both of them got to do it in spring and need to do it in April when there's really something on the line, when there's something to lose. Royals have nothing to lose. Had nothing to lose in this series. Next April, they'll have a lot to lose. So Alec Marsh, James MacArthur, solid performance. Take that confidence into the offseason, and we can discuss their performances a little bit deeper coming up, but I'm wondering how you're handling it. Are you tapping into the fan side of your brain or in the cynic Right, right? I, mean, I think all Royals fans have that cynicism in them. Uh, we've all seen spectacular months of September only to see it ultimately fizzle out the following April. How are you handling this stretch where the Royals just swept the defending World Series champions? They've won six in a row, and now they only need to win three more games to avoid the record book. Three more wins, and they assure themselves of nots matching that 2005 team for the worst record in Royals franchise history. So yeah, how are you handling this? Are we just celebrating it? Or is there something deeper? Have you learned something about this team that you believe will translate to 2024? Let me know. Phone lines are open for you. 913-586-7610. That's 913-586-7610. Royals... Welcome back to Vern's Post Game Show on your home for Royals baseball in Kansas City, 610 Sports Radio. The 1-0 pitch. Fastball drilled down the left field line. High over the Crawford boxes. Off the wall and gone. Salvador Perez in his first game off the injured list. Hits a tank to left. The Royals extend their lead. It's 5-2 in the top of the third. And just five pitches after that, Nelson Velasquez would hit another home run. Uh, The second home run of the inning and the second home run of the game for Nelson Velasquez. Him and Salvi go back to back in the third. Nelson himself goes back to back in the second and third innings, respectively. Royals would lead six nothing after the third and that's all they would need. Excuse me. Uh, They would have six runs at the end of the third, but they would lead the game uh, 6-4 at the end of three. They would go on to win 6-5, and they sweep the defending champion, Houston Astros, sweeping a defending champ for the first time since 1978. How about that? Of course, the New York Yankees. Shoot, the Royals won the season series against the defending champs. Uh, Winning five of the six meetings with the Astros. But they win a season series against the defending champs for the first time in 24 years. Again, the New York Yankees back in 1999. So Salvi hits a home run in his first game back off of the concussion IL. This is normally the portion of the show where I start going on and on and on about Salvi and his greatness and the great number 13 and how it's going to rest alongside the 5 and the 10 and the 20. But no, I'm not doing that because this was so very predictable. So predictable, in fact, that I told you it was going to happen earlier today on the On Deck Show. If you were listening to our pregame gambling segment called the double play, I said, take Salvi hitting a home run. Every time he returns from the IL, he's better than ever. Doesn't matter. Uh, Tommy John, a concussion, a busted knee, a blurry eye, COVID. He comes back better than ever. Belts' 22nd home run of the season, career home run number 245. He's now 62 back of matching George Brett's franchise record. Uh, After the game, Salvador Perez on the field with Bally Sports Kansas City's Joel Goldberg. Salvi, the captain, his team just went into Houston and uh, swept the champs. They've won six in a row, ten of the last eleven. And Joe Goldberg, the great Joe Goldberg, asked Salvi, uh, "What does this tell you about your team?" That we're gonna be good in the future, yo. I think it's a it's a process, you know, and we get it better. We got those tough season this year, but then we get in right where we wanna be and, and get ready for next year. Now. When Salvi says that it's different than when you say it or when I say it, Um, Salvi is endlessly positive, always optimistic, no doubt about it, but Salvi was there in 2012, Salvi was there in, in 2013 when it all turned around after the acquisition of Shields and Davis and Irvin Santana and Jeremy Guthrie, and suddenly those young bats that showed fight, that showed promise, were now being supported by the type of pitching that can actually birth victories. This team never had a chance in 2023. Well, especially when Chris Bubich went down and Daniel Lynch went down and Angel Zerpa went down. Uh, This team never had a chance, and yet the fight that you brought up throughout the season, You guys brought it up more than I did because I'm hesitant to give rookies and second-year players credit for hustling, for fighting. Because I thought this was your dream job. I thought you've been working your entire life to be here. Well, you're here. Get to work. Stay here. And yet, you're right. This team was never one to roll over never one to wave the white flag when they got behind. I'll I'll give you that. But I'm also very hesitant to compare any team with that championship team. I'm hesitant to compare any core with that championship core because I have, I believe, the proper amount of reverence for a championship team that actually did it. Shoot, a team that went to -to back-to-back World Series. But when Salvi starts highlighting the future and just how bright it may be it 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 makes me sit down and shut up for a second because Salvi knows who knows better than Salvi certainly not me okay so so what's the takeaway then because I can't turn off the media side I can't turn off the yeah no it's it's um it was a nice series win I you, 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 took, you took three in the home of the champions when they needed them desperately. But to me, I'm sorry, but this series was more about Houston than it was Kansas City, right? Royals score uh, six runs in the first three innings today and then don't get a hit for the final six. But the bullpen, great job bullpen, uh, makes it hold up. I'm not, I'm not down in the Royals, just stay with me. The Royals jump out to a 6-4 lead after the third, and then they don't get another hit. The bullpen does a very good job of uh, keeping the lead right there. Uh, yesterday, the Royals take a 3-0 lead into the bottom of the fifth inning, and then they don't have another hit. But the bullpen does a, a good enough job, maintains the lead, and the Royals win. You go back to the opener on Friday. Royals jump out to a 7-2 lead after six. They get one hit in the final three innings, but the bullpen makes it hold up. So the story of the games, and if you dive into how the Royals scored their runs, uh, game one, they score seven. I got five of the seven runs as... uh, I hate to call them gifts, uh, but, but, but they were awarded base runners, awarded an extra 90 feet. No doubt the Royals got to come through and put the ball in play when the situation calls for it, and they've done that. No, they've executed. I I promise I'm not trying to take away the wins from them, but from a bigger picture, when we look at next year's team, I'm just struggling, even in this stretch when they've won 10 of 11, I'm just struggling in, in, in seeing Something that I believe is bigger than those 27 outs or or a big sack fly from Nick Lofton, a sack fly from MJ Melendez. Yes, nice execution in spots, but gift-wrapped. Maybe not today, okay? You You get... You get home runs from Matt Duffy and Nelson Velasquez and and Salvador Perez. Um, But you look at how they got on the board yesterday. You look at how they got on the board in the opener. Houston's, in, in my opinion, Houston is choking. Royals are executing, no doubt about it. Do I believe that the exhibitions of proper execution from this Royals offense Will bear fruit in 2024? Do, do I think this is a preview of what's to come? I, I, I'm i having a tough time getting there. I mean, I'm not even sure if Salvador Perez is going to be on this team next season. That's why I said Nelson Velasquez. That's something to read into. That's something to celebrate. The fact that the guy has 14 home runs and shows the type of power that the Royals have seen, rarely, right? A uh, Solaire here, you know. You got your your Danny Tartable there. You got your Steve Balboni over there. I mean, not many guys have that nice, easy, powerful swing, like we saw twice today from Nelson Velasquez, a two-two slider up in the middle of the plate in the second inning from Hunter Brown. Puts a very easy swing on it, but belts it to right center field. Does it again in the third inning. 94 up in the zone, smashed to the opposite field. Hits you with that hesitation step coming around third base. No, it all appears there for Nelson Velasquez. What you didn't hear from Salvador Perez in that conversation with Joel Goldberg was him joking to Velasquez that if he can keep it up, man, you're going to hit 65 home runs next year. No, I'll read into Velasquez, I'll read into MJ Melendez and what they're doing down the stretch, and you throw them into the mix next year with Bobby and Michael Garcia and Vinny Pasquantino, okay. Okay, maybe you have something there. You you get the, the solid glove of a Kyle Isbell, a Michael Massey, and sure, you can squint and see the makings of a proper core, maybe a championship core. But to sit up here and act as if I'm sure that that's what this is, I I can't do that. Um, What I will say is, and you already know this, uh, much like that 2012 team, these guys deserve some pitching. You know, J.J. Piccolo told me last week, even though, you know, Chris Bubich and Daniel Lynch are still in the fold, we're not going to, can't bank on those guys. Can't bank on those injured draft picks from that 2018 draft class, which I found encouraging. I, I, I thought it was a smoke signal that they will be aggressive in acquiring members for a rotation next season, that we will see an improved starting pitching staff next season. Um, no, that's the hope. I'm I'm curious from you, though, what is that push and pull? Uh, how are you digesting this stretch in which the boys have won 10 of 11? Is it a cause for celebration? Is it the first sign that there's something more bubbling beneath? Or is it just a, a stretch against a Cleveland team that is... Waving goodbye to their manager and is out of the postseason race. A valiant effort that's come up short, despite the moves of their front office, uh, trading away one of their best starters. Is this just a case of a Houston Astros team crumbling down the stretch and choking against the, the dregs of Major League Baseball, right? Losing series to Oakland, two series to the Royals. Is it about them or is it about us? Phone lines are open. The text line is there as well. 913-586-7610. That's 913-586-7610. We'll take a dive into that text line as the Royals win 6-5, sweeping the Astros. We'll get to the text line after this. Burns, welcome back to Vern's Post Game Show on your home for Royals baseball in Kansas City, 610 Sports Radio. A 3-1 fit. Fastball punch deep in the air, right field. Tucker's back to the track, at the fence, at of! Nelson Velasquez goes deep to the opposite field again. His second home run in as many at-bats. And the Royals now lead 6-2 in the top of the third inning. Salvador Perez and Nelson Velasquez go back to back. Oh, and they were booing at the juice box. Man, did not think I was going to hear that this weekend. Loud booing at the juice box. Nelson Velasquez, his 14th home run since joining the Royals. The guy only has 28 hits. Half of them are home runs. I mentioned earlier today, uh, Velasquez hadn't recorded a hit since Wednesday when he last hit a home run. And then today he has two hits, and they're both home runs. <laughs> His first multi-hit game in nearly three weeks. I don't, I don't know what to make of this guy. I see someone on the text line here um, from the eight five zero, uh, comping him to a young Danny Tartable. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I can't say I can compare him to a young Danny Tartable. To me, uh, I. My recollection of Danny Tartable's, the, the uh, post-royal Danny Tartable. So I'll take your word on that. Uh, but certainly the eye test wise, yeah, burly, powerful, uh, easy power. The kind of guys that you would not want to mess with just by looking at them. I don't even know Danny Tartable's person. Well, yes, I do. I can, he was on Seinfeld. Oh, he seems like a great guy. I wouldn't have wanted to mess with him, though. Same with Nelson Velasquez. As nice as you're going to find. But that dude is yoked. Royals jump out with three in the second, three more in the third. That's all they would need as the pitching makes it hold up. The bullpen solid again. James MacArthur picks up his third save. Now, we talked about MacArthur uh, following his save on Friday night. Talked a lot about him on the postgame show back on Friday. And listen, you guys often bring up, and I see it right here on the text line uh, from the 816, Fern, I won't be fooled again, talking about the Royals playing wild here in September. Uh, sure, Kansas City, you've been fooled plenty in the past by sensational Septembers. Uh, you've also been fooled by relievers in September. Uh, Josh Stallman struggled to stay healthy. Uh, Dylan Coleman struggled to find it this year. Uh, There have been plenty. Uh, Jake Brents, uh, there have been plenty. And and Injuries again, sidelining Brents. I'm not saying that James MacArthur isn't the truth because the weaponry is there. Uh, Solid fastball, nice slider, and just an absolutely devastating curveball. That's what he put Jordan Alvarez away with in the ninth inning. If you miss the game, Royals hanging on to a one-run lead in the ninth. And after MacArthur gets Jeremy Pena, the reigning World Series MVP, to ground out on the first pitch, he gives up a single to Jose Altuve. But then gets Alex Bregman to fly out to right field and strikes out Jordan Alvarez. Man, the World Series MVP, a future Hall of Famer, a former MVP, and a future MVP. That, that, that's what MacArthur had to go through in the ninth. Peña, Altuve, Bregman, and Alvarez. And he did so on 12 pitches. Since being recalled at the beginning of the month, James MacArthur, 10 straight scoreless appearances, 13 and a third innings of scoreless baseball. He's retired 39 of the 42 batters that he's faced. I'm intrigued. We're all intrigued. But he's not the closer. He's not the setup guy. I'm I'm not saying he can't earn that job in spring training. But let's just see what he looks like in spring training. Now, maybe this is just coming from a guy that's been burned and still feels the sting of Dylan Coleman. Man, was I juice for that dude this year. Got high hopes for James MacArthur, high hopes for this Royals pitching staff. If you heard the J.J. Piccolo interview that I did earlier this week, along with Royals CEO John Sherman, you heard J.J. talk about how this MacArthur waiver acquisition came to be. And it came from the the pitching department Uh, with with Paul Gibson at the top. And of course, the pitching coach and Brian Sweeney and assistant Zach Bove. Uh, these guys, um, it appear, have a pretty good eye for talent. Understand what the numbers tell you and how you can uh, get a little bit more out of someone that may have been thrown away by another organization. Or, to put it another way, exactly what the Tampa Bay Rays have been doing for 20 years now. Exactly what you and I have been wanting to see from the Royals for about a decade now. So I'm not dismissing James MacArthur. In fact, uh, he and Cole Reagans, uh, what they stand for, along with Bobby Witt Jr., what those guys stand for, what, what they reflect in this new pitching department, that might be the story of the season. Bobby's breakout, okay, it, it's one of the two. It's either Bobby's breakout in 2023 or how James MacArthur and Cole Reagan show that this isn't same old, same old Kansas City Royals, that this isn't new boss, same as the old boss. So James MacArthur, there's certainly a conversation to be had, and I think his name's going to be on the tip of the tongues of Royals fans throughout the hot stove action this offseason. But I'm, an, I'm not going to anoint him the next Wade Davis or Greg Holland or Kelvin Herrera or Joaquin Sorry. I'm not saying he's the closer just yet. Because we all thought Carlos Hernandez would ascend to the closer's position. And that, my friends, has not happened. But nice job, Carlos, getting out of that eighth inning unscathed after a one-out double to Chaz McCormick. Hernandez gets... Yiner Diaz and Mauricio Dubon to finish off the frame. Royals win 6 to 5. Phone lines are open for you 913 586 7610. And the same way you're not going to give um, a key spot in the bullpen to James McArthur or you're not going to name him closer right now is the same reason why you're not going to name Alec Marsh anything. A reliever, a starter, in the rotation. No. You're encouraged. You see the talents obviously there with Alec Marsh, who today went five and a third innings, gave up three runs on three hits, walked two and struck out six. Marsh took over in the second inning after Stephen Cruz served as the opener and served up a run in the first. So Marsh came in in the second, pitched into the seventh, ultimately handing it off to Tucker Davidson, who, Finished off that seventh inning going through Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker to finish off the frame. Uh, But Alec Marsh, this is a guy that I've, and I've said it before, uh, very excited to see how he attacks this offseason, how he utilizes the information that has been given to him by the coaches and by uh, opposing hitters. But I'm interested to see how this experiment works. The experiment of Let's give this kid confidence by putting an opener in front of him. Well, how do they give him confidence? Well, just look at the numbers. Alec Marsh made eight starts and then had an opener put in in front of him uh, seven times. Eight times he pitched the first, seven times he didn't. In the eight times he started the game, he has an ERA north of seven and a half. He's given on average about four and a third innings, and he was zero eight, winless, with an ERA close to eight. But in those seven outings where he doesn't pitch the first inning, he's three and zero, giving you almost five innings on average, with an ERA in the threes. So an ERA almost four runs lower. He's Winless as a starter, he's unbeaten as a bolt guy. And as a bolt guy, he's giving you more outs every time you give him the ball. So, yeah, I think that's how you give a guy confidence. You show him that, look, dude, look, five and a third innings of three run baseball, that will play. We'll take that every fifth day. And shoot, man, you, you still faced. Jose Altuve three times and Alex Bregman three times. Still went through Alvarez and Tucker a couple of times. Alec Marsh is certainly someone to to keep your eye on, to keep your ear out uh, for this offseason. 79 strikeouts and 70 innings from the 25-year-old right-hander. He won't turn 26 until we're into next season. So when you start to look ahead to that pitching rotation in 2024, you know it's Reagans and Singer and Lyles. You, you, you make one big acquisition. You bring in that one arm that you and I can have a debate about who is the opening day starter. Is it Reagans? Is it Singer? Is it this new guy? If you bring in that new guy, and then you let Marsh and Daniel Lynch and Angel Zerpa And some of the younger players, like a Chandler Champlain and a Mason Barnett, you let them battle it out for that fifth spot in the rotation, you might have something, I don't know, you might, to go along with this core. Again, it's a difficult time right now as a Royals fan. It's that, that push and pull of, is this the beginning of something big? Or is this just... Two teams fading down the stretch that you're going up against, and a young ball club in the Kansas City Royals with a bunch of young ball players just going out there with absolutely no pressure and nothing to lose. You know, I see this text here from uh, Raj in the Ozarks. Uh, he writes into the J Southland Tow Service text line 913 586 7610. Again, that's 913 586 7610 uh Vern, I love the work our pitchers are getting with pressure in front of the 40,000 fans down there in Houston. Uh, listen, I'm not going to say that there's no pressure Anytime you're standing in the box and or standing on the mound and your and, and Don Alvarez is on the uh you know 60 feet six inches away from you there there's always pressure. but again man there the team had nothing to lose. I think we can all agree with that. The team had nothing to lose. And to me, that team-wide ease permeates each individual. Now, the heart's pumping, no doubt, for Carlos Hernandez in the 8th and for James MacArthur in the ninth, and Tucker Davidson in the 7th. No no doubt about it, but I, I failed to believe that they'll be able to tap into those experiences next April and May. When the team actually has something to lose, it's going to be just a, in my opinion, it's a completely different world, completely different scenarios. He'll be a completely different pitcher this time next year. Forget this time. He'll be a completely different player in April and in May. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just, that's how I see it. I'm, Yes, 41000 in all three games in Houston. But you're playing with house money. You had absolutely nothing to lose. My game notes following this 6-5 Royals win are presented by Jay Southland Toe Service. I haven't mentioned Nick Lofton yet. Lofton back in the lineup, back collecting knocks. It's his 15th game in the big leagues. The 24-year-old has... 17 hits in those 15 games. And uh, next time we talk, he'll be 25. Um, Nick Lofton, I believe, celebrating a birthday on Monday, uh, tomorrow. Either way, happy birthday, Nick Lofton. Uh, a few more from the Jay Southland Toe Service text line. Dan and Casey K's all fired up for Salvi's big two run home run. Yeah, as you should be. Happy for Sal. Um, and like I mentioned earlier today on the on deck show, I can't, I mean, I can believe it. I, of course I can believe it. I've been watching Salvi for the past dozen years, but do you understand how easy, maybe not emotionally, but like clerically how easy it would have been for Salvador Perez to call it a year? I mean, he had a mild concussion, and yet the first day he's eligible to return, he's in the lineup, hitting third, hitting his 22nd home run for a team with 102 losses. Salvi today played in his 134th game. There's no one as old as Salvi that plays catcher like Salvi that has played in that many games this season like Salvi. The guys there. I mean, I. I um, if you were ever questioning his drive, his motivation, as we now get set for this off season, this uh, you know doubts, you know that that that's in the air right now. But I understand most people not uh, focused in on Royals baseball, but it will come up whether or not this is the final week of Salvi's Royals career. If you were ever questioning what drives him, let today be the the latest example. It's a love of the game, um, a love to compete, uh, an internal drive to do right by his family, no doubt, do right by his mother and his grandmother, uh, but also do right by his... The guy that he refers to as his dad and Pedro Grafal and what they talk about and what they talk about is going to Cooperstown. You know, Salvi's not driven the way that's certainly not like me. Um, Not like most of us, not like you. I'm sorry, but you're not. Most of you, at least, maybe not you, but most people, we're not driven like Salvador Perez because we're taking that extra week of vacation. Shoot, we saw it a couple of uh, years ago. Right some of the royals decide now nah, I'm not going to go to Toronto. No, it's not really the the vaccine thing. It's just to get an extra few days of a break right around the All-Star break. So no, you know what? No, I'm not going to get it. I don't want to go to the I don't want to go on the road trip. I'm going to enjoy a nice 6-day vacation. Salvi could do that. Salvi could take this final week off, but he chooses not to. He chooses to fight. And that's why Mike Sweeney was uh, so very right when he chose Salvi to be the the captain of this ball club. Uh, text line nine one three five eight six seven six ten. This is from um, Katie on the East Coast. Vern, take the win and just appreciate the good times. Yeah, no, you, you're you're right, Katie. I I am. I I did enjoy this. Uh, this game today was exciting. Yesterday's or last night's game was very exciting. No, you're right. Enjoy the win. It's just I, I at times, and, and this is maybe my own ego, but I at times feel a responsibility to keep it 100 with you, right? You know, just just, just be, be honest with you as a baseball fan, because at times this team grabs hold of your heart. And I want to make sure that that hold isn't a stranglehold. So when they win like this, you know, I feel a responsibility to be measured, to not just turn into the cheerleader. And I hope I did a good job of that today. Nice win. Big series win. Nathan Williams, great job back at the studio. Kansas City, I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you Tuesday night. Royals and Tigers in Motown. Take care. Been listening to Vern's post game show. Diving is MJ Melendez. Did he make that catch? He did. Check out the All Things Vern channel on 610sports.com and the Odyssey app to stay up to date with your boys in blue. 10 strikeouts through 7 scoreless innings for Brady Singer. On your home of the Royals, 610 Sports Radio. We need-